0: Welcome everyone to the Infertility Feelings podcast with Jesse and Doug. I'm Doug. I'm Jesse. And we are so excited to be here with you today.
1: We are excited. It's going to be a great episode, which I say every time, but this one's but going to be really good. this one, great.
0: this one particularly. This
1: one in particular.
0: Get ready. Buckle up. Hold on to your butt.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh, my headphones just fell off. <laughs>
0: She got so excited, her headphones blew off. That's how Doug, amazing this so episode funny. is going to be.
1: You're just so funny that we I leaned blew back and laughed. Up. What's been going on with you, Doug? What is the one thought you've been consumed with this week?
0: Wow, that's a big question. So my background is in philosophy, no, and no. Ask I've been me, thinking ask me, ask about. <laughs> Um, AI and consciousness. For I don't know why that topic has really interested me. You know what I mean? Can a computer gain consciousness? What is consciousness? Can uh, consciousness be gained by a computer? Does it emerge out of a complex series of firings inside your brain or is it actually something that is uh, motivating your brain from the outside in? Oh my gosh, nobody cares, but I care. I care about these are the things I care about. Isn't that crazy? Do you ever think about that? That is what's going on in my brain as we're like talking about where we're going to eat. I'm thinking about that.
1: I could believe that because half the time I feel like I say an idea and you're like, you know, Will Smith in iRobot and I'm like, I never what? say
0: <laughs> iRobot. It's a great movie, but...
1: It's a great movie. I love that movie. When he gets in the aliens in the car. Oh, it's so good. Or robots. It's not even aliens. It's robots.
0: is that movie called iRobot?
1: iRobot. It's a great one. It's so good. And then the end... Spoiler alert! You find out he's part robot. I mean, he, he's angsty oh, towards yeah. the robots. He's a,
0: and he's a um a cyborg. This
1: is completely off track. Anyway...
0: Today, we are going to talk about a really important topic. Something that is applicable to everyone and anyone who has struggled to grow their family.
1: Yes. I feel like we've talked about adoption. We talked about donor eggs. We talked about all this thing. It's like this topic that we're talking today affects every single person.
0: It's broad. We're going broad. We're going
1: broad. We're going broad. On today's episode, we are going to cover not only what does it feel like to get an invalidating response, but what do you do about it? I feel like that's very important is especially when it comes to infertility, a lot of the times it can become like, yes, I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. It's so invalid. And that's so important to get validation of how you feel and that you can look at someone and be like, you know exactly how I feel. But I think sometimes we need help into what do we do about it? What do we do about that? When someone tells us to relax, what do you say back? What do you do? When someone tells us just to adopt and you'll get pregnant, which I still get. Hilarious, nine, nine years after my infertility journey when I have clearly been very vocal that I love my new path of being an adoptive mom, I still get some of these questions. So it's like, what do we do about it? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So here is our first question. What does it feel like to get an invalidating response. Yes. And I could go on and on and on and on, like to the most invalidating, to the the most invalidating, to the least invalidating. But I feel like there is one big one that is a very, very, very common one in you're struggling with infertility and you tell someone and their response to you is just relax
0: yeah and like in all the many forms that that comes in is like right. oh you'll be okay oh that's tough oh have a glass of wine
1: right those are all just
0: different versions right of right kind of like relax don't think about it
1: and then there's ones that go on from adoption oh just adopt and you'll get pregnant you know so many things and people just giving advice here's my essential oil here's my cbd it's oil it's really
0: all just different forms of just relax right, right? I- exactly
1: it's- it all goes back to that <laughs> if you just relax and adopt and sign your paperwork and then you'll feel relaxed which is also hilarious go back to our three-part series about adoption not relaxable at all. but, um,
0: (laughs) and didn't work. And we signed a lot of papers. No pregnancy in sight. That's
1: so funny, but I never thought about it that way. Every single response is a form of relax. It all goes back to that. And what does relax do when you get relax as a response? It makes it feel like it's your fault. Like you are doing something wrong and you would you know, if you could just turn your hips a little bit to the right when you were having sex, then that would fix it. Or you put your, he- your feet all over your head. You know what I mean? Like, I always joke of like, if you told someone that was really in the struggle of infertility to stand on their head for three days, and then they would get pregnant, they would do they it. They would do it. Yeah. So I want to say one thing um, to maybe the person that has never struggled with infertility before. Um, And I think this goes across the board to anything that's hard, death, infertility, divorce, you know, anything that's really a traumatic event in your life that could happen. Um, And I think a lot of hurtful responses can come after any of those things. But I think especially when it comes to infertility, that person that is struggling with infertility has thought so many times about telling you. Mm. So think about that. When you are thinking and funneling through, what should I say? What should my response be? Just think, they have thought 50 times of telling you. They are giving you a small detail probably to see how you're going to be a safe person or not for them. They're trying to gauge you on what how, what, how much they can say, how much are you going to just give them the relax or some sort of excuse. And I think it's really important to think about how long they've probably wanted to tell you and they haven't.
0: Yeah, this isn't probably something they're saying on a whim. Right? Totally. They're like, oh, yeah, it's tough day today. Let me just tell this person yeah, I just started them.
1: my period in my car. Like, you know, yeah. dime a dozen. It's like, right. no, they have thought about, they have driven away going, oh, I didn't tell her, but I just didn't feel right. And it didn't come up and I don't want to make it about me or make, I'm I'm going to be a downer or she just told me she was pregnant. So I didn't want to make her cry or whatever. So you'd rather lie. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and not that, I mean, I understand. It's just,
0: it's a big deal when, when you share what you're going through, your struggles with someone.
1: Yes. So I think that that is important. If you have someone in your life that is struggling with something hard, that is important to use as your filter of response is this person has probably thought a million times to tell you, And this is, and then this is it, and it's a big deal to them.
0: Yeah, just on, just by noticing that, we would probably see less um, inappropriate responses when someone says, "Oh, I'm." Oh, you're you're getting so much older. Better have you know better get pregnant soon, or oh my gosh, when are the babies coming? And then they say, "Oh, actually, you know, I've been trying for years. We've actually done a few procedures, and we're really trying." if you realize how big of a deal it was for them to share that with you, your response would probably not be so, oh, relax, you know, it'll happen. Don't worry or something like that because you would just realize how much bigger of a deal it would be and you'd go, whoa, okay, let's stop. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm so sorry. Just by understanding how big of a deal that is, you would probably respond better.
1: And I think another thing that I'm passionate about that's just sometimes I get like fired up about is, in infertility or when you lose a child or, you know, you have death or you get a divorce, it's like nobody understands until they go through it. And there is a big piece of that that is absolutely true. If no one has gone through IVF, they're not going to really know what that feels like. But I think there's work to be done where we don't have to feel. My friends were the most caring, validating, supportive people I've had in in, in that season of my life they were the most supportive and most caring for me
0: yeah and they had not gone and through I had
1: a divorce. With a kid, I had, you know, like all these different things. I had single friends. I had, you know, like no one was going through what I was going mm-hmm. through. So how is that possible? I think how you, is that possible? I think you know?
0: anyone who's gone through something painful can understand right. when someone else is going through something painful. Right. You see, I mean, we see it all the time, like on Instagram and it's all over the place. This like idea that like you can't understand what it's like because you never went through this. And I think there's a part of it I, that I, yes, there's a part of it like you need people in your life, in your corner, Mm -hmm. who know exactly what it's like, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that there's like this hard line between people who get it and then no one else does. You know, it's not like, there's not inside the walls and outside the walls. Right, The, The people who haven't gone through it, but maybe have gone through something really difficult in their life, can understand that this is something difficult and know what it's like to suffer.
1: Exactly. I think a
0: suffering is like a very human thing that we can bond over. It doesn't have to be the exactly the same suffering because right. even like our story is not the same no. as someone else's story. You really know, in
1: infertility, no one's story. Yeah, no is the one's same. exactly. So yeah. it's like
0: if, if, if our stories had to be exactly the same, the people that we could really uh, grow together with mm-hmm. and 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 get our like emotional needs met by would be virtually impossible. There'd be mm-hmm. no, maybe one person across the country who has the exact same story as mm-hmm. you do would mm-hmm. be the only person who could like pour into you. Mm-hmm. But it, that's that's crazy. Like anyone can, but it's it's understanding the process of how that's important. Mm-hmm.
1: So, to you, Doug, what would you feel? What would you say? What does it feel like to be told those? those responses.
0: Yeah. I think what's for me, I think about what's happening kind of below the surface there. You know, if, if someone says just relax or if someone, gosh, we could like list them, but it would be here all day. Right. Yeah. Um, but any of those things that people say, Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Um, you know, like, have you tried taking this supplement or something? And that's worked for me and all those things.
1: My favorite is when They don't talk to the person that they're giving the advice about. My neighbor who had a falling out with her friend's cousin who died, she used this pill and got pregnant. You're just like, like, what? Like, how did we get there? That's not how
0: medical science works.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You have no idea. I have no idea what her issues are. I have no idea. Like, you don't know my issues. Like, it's so funny. That's my favorite. Is when it's like some far off obscure person that you're just like, okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's not. Super helpful. Yeah, no. I think what's happening at the core of these moments when someone says something to us that is really painful and it hurts so bad, like, oh, just relax and it'll happen. At the core of that is we feel invalidated because there's so much that we're doing in this process to get pregnant. Let's just lay it out bare. It's like we've tried everything. You know, we've tried every. Every pill, every wives tale, every literally so many things that we've tried from doctors, from medical procedures, we've done it all. And when someone says, oh, just do this, it's like they've invalidated your entire thought process throughout this time and experience and experience like, oh, uh, those, yeah, those didn't work. Did you try this? It's, it makes you feel like, well, great. I'm just the idiot who didn't try this one thing. Like, like I didn't know about that or you know, oh of course why why didn't I think of that? You know, I shouldn't have spent 40 grand on all these treatments. I should have done that. And that is un- invalidating. And what's happening in that invalidation is we feel in this position that I feel like it's helpful to think about it like this, this position of being one down. Yes. So like we feel at, at, at equal with our friends and our family. And maybe we're at the dinner table and we share about this experience and they say, Oh, well, haven't you tried this? Or I had a friend who did this and it really worked. You should try that. All of a sudden we feel in this position that's inferior. You I've
1: know? never thought about it that way.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it's like, that, that's that so it's, it's you're inv- so right. It's invalidating, but not only is it invalidating, is it actually feels like we've been put down.
1: And that's so true because I I sometimes would physically get smaller.
0: Yeah. Like, like my
1: shoulders would <laughs> I'm serious. I you mean, really I are
0: one down. Yeah. Like you're down.
1: <laughs> I felt on a different level. I was like all of a sudden looking at their chin. But it's like, but it's true. It's like almost like a physical response that you yeah. could feel like, well, I'm lower, or well, I'm less than, or you know, yeah. whatever. And you already do feel that way, especially if you're walking into a group, a group of families or women who have kids, like you're already there. So someone just has to like
0: barely oh, totally. sneeze and
1: it's like, boom, you're like already feeling lower. Totally. So true. Don't,
0: don't you feel like your mentality going into just life in general when you're struggling with infertility is you feel like you're at risk of being inferior all the time. Like right. I feel one down like I did, yeah. when it was like the test results came back and I had so many different issues. It was like, well, I suck, you know, like right. I'm just my reproductive system is just like trash. So right. I just felt like I felt one down, you know? And I think the comment either really puts us in that position mm-hmm. or maybe more accurately it it reaffirms what we're afraid yes. of.
1: Yes.
0: That affirmation that we are not enough really puts us in this position of one down. And you know, do you know what I see? more often than not is the response to get out of that one down position. Cause nobody wants to be in that position. No, you know? it's not fun. and it happens. It, that's a common psychological idea that like we get put down in this one down position that in can happen many areas. in many areas. Like, you know, say in a work situation, someone says something in a boardroom and they're like, well, Jamie over here wasn't really at that meeting. So she can't talk. It's like, well, this person is trying to put you in this one down position where you're now you're less than because you weren't at the meeting or, or, can happen in everything sports school relationships it happens in relationships all the time oh
1: totally and i think the parents con- yeah marriage to- totally. kids and parents totally I mean, all
0: that i think our parents sometimes Um, that can be, if they're not aware of it can be a common default thing to put your kids in a one down position. Like, well, you're, you'll figure this out. I mean, we say you'll figure it out when you're older.
1: That's, I (laughs) hate that saying
0: (laughs) that's putting kids in a one down position and you probably,
1: that's probably where you first learn it.
0: Yeah. So I think we learn that idea all the time and it's so infertility is such a trigger for that type of thinking. You know, it, it all, we're constantly being triggered to feel one down. Mm hmm. But I think from my perspective and what I did personally and what I see happen all the time is to get out of that one down position. We think that we have to be in the one up position. Yes. And and we think we got to get, we got to, we have to like school everyone around us and say, would you shut up? No, you don't know what I like. And we kind of just go off or we like tell it like it is whether on Instagram or whether in our personal lives or we write about it, or we just, we go off whatever that looks like on people to put them in the one down position because we feel like that's the only way to get out is to get on top.
1: Right. I love that visual. I love that visual. And especially when it comes to infertility, you're already feeling under par as a human being in every area of your life um, that, you know, someone could just sneeze or blow a gust of wind in your area and you're already gone. So, like, uh, uh, but yeah. that is why relax, have a glass of wine, just adopt and you'll get pregnant is so hard and so invalidating because you're already feeling second best and then it just confirms it. And it's just in your brain, like, yeah. yep, I am the worst. I should do more. I should try more. I should want it more. I should pray more. I should whatever it is. But I love that the the opposite thing too is that the, what you think is that you want to be a above them. You're not you're not necessarily wanting that in consciously. You're, you're trying
0: to school them though. Like you're it's, it's you could. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah.
1: It's like that sometimes is more of the desire. Like if yeah. I could just get not on equal playing field with you, but like almost have the upper hand. Right. And I feel like that actually is not the goal it's no, not for it you to yeah, be over yeah. them it's for not that i d- i think i think that because i think honestly someone that's struggling with infertility would genuinely just want to be on the same page yeah but i think when you're in that hardship and you are feeling like really below you just want to almost you know
0: yeah do you feel like it's almost like a? have you ever heard of like a self-fulfilling prophecy you know mm. where it's like you think something's going to come true and then it kind of, comes c- kind of comes true because you were thinking it was going to come yeah, true. Yeah. And you almost like made it come true. right? I feel like I did that throughout infertility. Like I thought people were going to look down on me or I th- I, you know what I thought? Like people are going to view me as a charity case, you know, yeah. like, oh, there's Doug and Jesse. They can't have kids. Right. What a
1: sad, pathetic group. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, or like they would be like, wow. You really are that couple, like that couple, you know, and I almost put, I had that idea in my head, you know, and I was like carrying that around and then anytime someone said anything that I thought sounded like they were categorizing us in that way, I'd be like, see, see, it's happening Mm -hmm. right here, like. We're just seen as that couple, but I don't even really know if I would have seen it like that if I wasn't like, I was almost like I was shopping for it. Mm. I was shopping for someone to invalidate me because I was I was afraid of being invalidated. So I think that's where it's like, you know, we're so, we want, to get pregnant so bad. We wanted that so bad in our life that anytime someone said anything foolish, it was like, see, right. ah! and it just made me rage inside because I was almost waiting. I was like looking for, it. I was like, no one's going to get it. They're going to, this is like, they right. all suck. Right. You know, and then when they did, it was like, see,
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: You know, but I think that all comes from this one down position, feeling mm-hmm. like, see, you're just trying to think you're over me and you don't think that I know what I'm talking about. You right. Know? Right. But that's, it's a sensitive would, I- it's a sensitive would- idea though because it can feel safe to be in that like defensive, right. like, ah, don't come after me a moment. You know? Right.
1: So what is the ideal position?
0: I think that's, I think that's transitions into the, the idea of like, what do we do in response to all mm-hmm. these things?
1: So we can be on equal playing fields. Exactly what I was saying about my friends. I always yeah. felt like I was on the same playing field as them. Yeah. And they had no idea what it was like to struggle with infertility. They had an idea because I told them, Yeah, but they were so empathetic and compassionate towards me. And they had never been in my experience before.
0: Yeah. I think, what we 're going for is a big, fancy word, but I think it 's a good word is the word mutuality mm-hmm. and that 's the idea that um, I, I think equality is not even really the right word because our stories are so different. you know what I mean like of course we 're equal. But but really, we're mutual. Like our, our our experience of life is mutually important. You know, I'm just as important as you are. Yes. You are just as important as I am. Um, and you're not one up or one down. And because I've struggled with infertility, doesn't put me in this one down position. Um, and just because you said just relax, doesn't mean I should feel inferior. Right. Because we are mutual. You know, like both of our experiences of going through the world are are mutually important. So really that's that's what we're fighting for, right? Is mutuality, not to dominate the person who says that, or to you know school them. It's to be, uh, it's to be mutual with them and, and, and fight for that, which is really hard to do.
1: So hard to do, and such brain control. That's yeah. what I would say. Is it's very, you have to be in control of your mind, which is so hard to do with something like infertility yeah. because it's such a mind warp it's just such a mind work. Yeah.
0: I think the first step is knowing that this is kind of what's happening behind the scenes a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 helps me when someone says something that is very invalidating to me for me to go ah I'm tempted I'm tempted right. to feel one down. I'm tempted to feel like I'm inferior right now, but I know I'm not. But right. I know that I'm not, and, right. and just that mental acknowledgement uh, takes a, again a lot of con- mental control. But I think that's a good starting point.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what we—that's what leads us into the thing that we're going to talk about next. It's what do we do about it? What do we do when someone hits us with the relax? And we're f- and we want to be in the mutuality like category. We want to be mutual with someone and not feel like we're above them, or they're above us, or we're under the them. Um, you know, we want to come together and how do we do that? So I feel like there's two things.
0: Teach us, Jesse.
1: Oh, thank you. Teach I've been us waiting what to for do. That. I've been waiting for that. So it's as simple as this. I don't think that these comments will all be cured.
0: Yeah. Like they're not going to go anywhere.
1: They're not going to go anywhere. They're Ooh, still, wait, can we just sit know, with how sad that I is? I know. But it's
0: true, right?
1: But it's true. And I think that's after generation of generation of not being able to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, not knowing what to say. You know, it's really hard. Like, But I, but I think I honestly started Uniquely Needed when we started this. I thought, I'm going to educate the world on how to respond to people that are struggling with infertility. I'm going to do it. So that there won't be these comments So there won't be these comments. And then all of a sudden I realized that we can make a big dent. Yeah. We can't. And actually, it's on us. It's on the people that are struggling with infertility. Especially us. We've
0: stepped forward to to try to do it. So we're 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 trying.
1: I feel it on my shoulders. We're trying. But. I think it's, it's on us as the infertility community. And I think we often point fingers of like, they need to change, they need to change, but they're not going to know how to change unless we step up for ourselves and step up for our community. So here is the point. You need to decide in your life and in different situations, who are you going to educate and who are you not?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Cause you can't educate everyone. You
1: can't educate everyone. And it's exhausting. I tried. I am a hairdresser, and I would go into work being like, "I'm going to educate everybody, and I'm the leader of this, and I'm the speaker of this, and I'm that person, I'm that girl that knows about infertility, and I'm just going to educate everyone." And honestly, it got exhausting. And I can talk about it all the time. I have a pod. We have a podcast about talking about infertility. And it's like yeah, I can talk 12 about twelve
0: clients it. in. Are you? Do st- you still but have yeah, the same energy?
1: Exactly. My my you know fourth client in probably that first day that I was like, "I'm going to educate everybody." I was like, me mayday, I'm exhausted. <laughs> So, I th-
0: so has the weather. I can't talk about. Oh my this gosh. Anymore. I'd be like, tell
1: me about your horse. Like, I'd be like, let's talk about <laughs> anything else <laughs> besides my story. So, but there would so I feel like it was a big mind shift in me of starting uniquely knitted, wanting to change the world, wanting to educate everyone that was struggling with that, that wasn't struggling with infertility of how to care for someone. I realized that it's really hard to do, and those comments are not going to just all go away.
0: So who do you start with? So how, you know, if you're thinking I'm going through this really difficult time. I'm afraid of all these things people are going to say. I don't want to be in this one-down position. I want to I want to be feel this feeling of mutuality with people, which means I'm going to have to maybe voice make my voice heard and in a way stand up for myself. You're not going to do it with everyone. So who do you start with?
1: I think you take some time and think about the most person in your life that you want, that you can feel safe with and that you really want to know your story, but you're not telling them. Like some, mm-hmm. somebody like that, someone in your life that you're like, I really want you to care for me well. And we have this great relationship, but you don't know all this that's going on behind yeah. the scenes. And start there.
0: And could that person maybe know about your infertility, but they not know. know the depths of it? Yes, okay. yes.
1: They could know the depths. They, they could know that you just had an IVF cycle and it's going well, but like, no, someone... And also, I think these people are very well intentioned. And actually, I've been really surprised how many people have come up to me not struggling with infertility, having a friend, sister, whatever, struggle with infertility and not want to mess up. I've been really surprised in how many people, men and women, that have come up to me, had a sister, had a friend them themselves isn't, aren't struggling with infertility, but they have someone in their life that they really love who is and they want to help them so bad and they don't want to screw up. Mm, they they
0: want to say the right they thing. Wanna they want to say the it.
1: right thing. So I think there's a little bit of that too of thinking about people in your life. Like maybe you have a best friend who really wants to help you, which is one of the reasons why we implemented the boxes was so someone could care for you just in a tangible way of our infertility gift boxes. Yeah. But I think this goes a step further is I think when you're struggling with infertility, you think they don't want to care about me. They don't want to be educated. They don't it's like your safe people, the people that you can trust. I think that you'd be surprised that they actually really want to care for you. So, yeah. This is what I would say to the person that you don't want to educate. So, I quickly realized that there was half of my clients that I wanted to educate and half of them I didn't.
0: (laughs) And half the people you meet, it's just not possible. It's just not possible. And, you know, you meet people like in a, I think about for me, it was like a lot of like business settings. Like, you know, someone finds out that we can't have kids. In passing, they say like, oh, well, you know, this, this, and this. I mean, it's like, it's not even the time and place, right? Right. Like You're literally walking down a hallway to a meeting. You're not going to be like, all right, Eric, uh, all right, James, whatever it is, like, let's, let's get into this right now, you know? Right.
1: And I think I learned this. I used to say all the time, I have a very thick skin and I've come to realize, I've had a lot of come to realize moments in this whole (laughs) shenanigan. I don't think that's the right term. I think it's a bouncing off. Yeah. I think it's like, and I think the way that you do that is if you have the safe people in your life that you have educated, which I will show you, I will give you tips in a second on how to actually educate those people. But, I think if you have those people in your life that know how to care for you and know how to say the right things, those comments, when you get relaxed from a person that you don't want to educate, you don't want to educate them, it will not hurt so bad. It will be coming a bounce. It will be a bounce instead of a, instead of a, you know, penetrate into my, my skin and I have to develop this thick skin and like almost like I feel like I used to say like I have a very thick hide. And it's like, that's just so bad. Like now looking back, I'm like, that's so sad to be like, I I feel like this person that's just like, yeah, just take comment after take, another comment, another comment, another comment. And when I really allowed my people to really be in and I educated them and that's where I put my focus into instead of just harboring this bitterness for people that didn't know how to care for me, it really became a bouncing. I had a tech stream. This is very easy when you're a hairdresser because you go back and you mix color and you have like breaks. And when I would you know, be eating lunch or mixing color, I would text my safe girlfriends or even you and say, got three relaxes today. (laughs) Yeah. Got, you know, you should just adopt. Got the, you know, one of two of the most awkward comments of my life was, you'll never love your adopted son as much as you'll love an own biological child. Like that one was really hard. And that like, (laughs) you know, was really hard. Or, you know, I would, (laughs) you know, my favorite one is you're doing it in the wrong hole. You know what I mean? Like, are you sure you're doing it in the right hole? Like things like that. Yeah are harder craziness. Yeah. They're craziness, but I feel like I could almost pass them off easier as craziness when it was almost a bouncing.
0: Does it, it still hurts though? Right?
1: Yeah. Like, like the, the um, comments still hurt those big comments. I almost shouldn't have said those are just examples. Like yeah. those hurt right. the one about adoption. You'll never love your, your adopted child. Yeah, that like hurts, your, yeah. That hurt and sent that me into one, therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And sent me into therapy, <laughs> like if I'm being honest, because that was before we adopted our son. So I yeah. was already thinking all those thoughts. Like, how am I going to love a child? this is That, yeah. that one, room? you felt
0: one down. F- that, that, oh, that person put you in that one. It's hilarious
1: too, is that even person doesn't even have kids. That's, so yeah, you can yeah. feel one down from someone who doesn't even have yeah. what quote unquote you want. So I think right. that's just really interesting how, how right. that can play out.
0: But I think it's, it's an but, interesting point that like, but
1: actually, if I'm being completely honest to answer your question, those relax and the just adopt comments, the yeah. tiny comments didn't uh, got to a point eventually where they didn't hurt. Yeah. And it wasn't like I would go to my friends in my text group to be like, Oh my gosh, they're so stupid. It would just, you know, maybe a roll eyes emoji or something. But then I, I feel like it was like, because I was getting support for them and we were on a mutuality that it would, they would give me comments that I would need and I would, that I would want. So it wasn't even like, let me go on my text and like bash these people. It's, you know, let me go to my people that I feel safe with so they can give me the support that I need.
0: You know, it makes me think of a quote by one of my favorite philosophers, sorry, uh, philosophy background coming back out again. (laughs) But the, the quote is this, but seek the testimony of few and number, not voices, but weigh them.
1: Wow, look out for our Instagram post on (laughs) Monday, dang. Emmanuel
0: Kant said that. The idea is this, don't number the voices, but weigh them. I think what he's trying to get across is that we have a lot of voices speaking into our lives. A lot of people saying stuff to us. We get a lot of relaxes. We get a lot of drink some wine. We get a lot of my aunt did this, but we should be weighing those voices, not just counting them. And I think that's what, what, what you're getting at is that you have this select group of, of really safe people and you weigh their voices incredibly heavy. And the voices that come from the outside, the, like, you know, the quick little things people say in response, the just relax, those don't weigh anything. They, 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 and if you allow them to weigh anything, then you start to get thrown off kilter. But you know, you can go back and say, the person who knows me and loves me the best believes in me sees how difficult this is. They love me and they want what's best for me. I'm going to weigh that voice very heavily instead of just random person on the street who says, well, you know, as soon as you adopt, you'll get pregnant. That should weigh nothing, you know? And, and instead the opposite would be counting all of them and saying, well, I got so many people tell me to relax. And only one person tells me that I'm going to be okay. And they see me. Well, if you're counting them, you're going to get off. You got to weigh them and you got to weigh them appropriately. And I think it holds true in your life. It's not just an idea. It's something that we can start practicing today, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right now in our own stories of infertility, we can start weighing the voices more appropriately. Find those safe people who love you, who care for you and weigh their voice very heavily. Don't count all these crazy things that people are saying, but put weight on -hmm. those who love you.
1: So, how do we educate the people that we have in our life? We have these safe people, or maybe we, you know, we've identified a few people in our life that we want to educate on how to care for us. How do we do that? I think it's twofold. I think that there was people that, let's just take my <laughs> hair's career as an example. Like there was people that weren't my people, but I also felt a little bit like I needed to educate. Like there's the people that's like, no, that's an obvious pass, move on, you know, they're going to tell me to relax every time and I'm not going to weigh their response to me. But there were some people that I had grown into a relationship with that I really felt were open to education and um, I felt like I the burden to educate. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh, uh, things, because people ask me all the time, what would I say? And I feel like I would say things like, in the nicest way, you know, some, some people just adopt and they get pregnant and I would just say, yeah, you know, not always, Or comments like that. Like, it doesn't have to be some bitch response of like, (laughs) you don't know what they struggle with. You don't have to tell uh, them off, right? You don't have to tell them off. It can be something like, you know, it always doesn't work out that way. That's what my response was. If you wanna ask me what my response is to someone telling me, you should just adopt and you will get pregnant, I would say, it always doesn't work out that way in the nicest way I can. And then it would spark this education like, well, what do you mean? And I would go on my little tangent about like, well, you know, sometimes I feel like only the exciting stories get told. Like, Mm, you know. yeah.
0: Do you feel like you were educating their false view of the world?
1: Yeah, like that false narrative of like, you know, and I think with adoption, especially out of infertility and someone that's been, you know, struggling with infertility for so long and then adopts and gets pregnant. It's an exciting story. It's like, whoa. And I think those stories get told more because they're exciting, which is awesome. That's not something to... totally you know, talk down on it all, but it's just like those stories actually get shared more. And the people that I know plenty of people that have adopted and never gotten pregnant and struggle with infertility, Right? you know, a lot of people with my issue, you know, have never been able to get pregnant. So it's like, so I feel like I would just start with those little nuggets first of like, you know what? It doesn't always work out that way. Or maybe not always. Yeah, so, that's I think not, that's, that's
0: not my story.
1: So, we've talked about you know, there are going to be some people in your life that you are not going to want to educate at all. You're going to have this other little layer, um, which is people that you just, you know, want to combat a little bit and just help them, educate them a little bit, and kind of just give them a little bit of drop in the pond, um, if you say, um, that hopefully will have a ripple effect. You know what I mean? That would be amazing to like change their thinking and change their narrative. Um, But then there's this next group where it's like you have your safe people, your family, your close friends, your sister, your mom, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be family. A lot of people say all the time, does it have to be family? No, your safe people can, it can be, but it also could just be some people in your life. And I think I would start off um, by being just really honest, really honest. We like to trickle truth in infertility, which is Doug's favorite word that I say.
0: It doesn't, I just never know what it means. Trickle truth. What
1: trickle truth means we're gonna, it makes perfect sense to me. And I guarantee (laughs) I'm going to have some woman that's like, I get it. It's, it's,
0: this makes sense to you. Then you're on, then you have the same mind as Jesse trickle truth. I don't what like the truth trickles. I tell
1: you something very small that's going on with my journey. I gauge Mm. your reaction. Then I trickle a little bit more Mm. and then I gauge your reaction and then I trickle a little bit more, and then I gauge a reaction until mm. I'm until I'm fully affirmed. That's like, okay. You're going to be safe. We're
0: like, you're like testing the water. I'm testing
1: the water. So if my first response to you, which also sucks for the person that's trying to care for you, it's like, better not screw up. <laughs> but I think that, but I think a lot of people in their lives, people's lives don't want to screw up. They want to say the right thing. But I think that's why you trickle truth is you just, and it's very common in infertility, is just you give a little and just gauge people's reactions. So But I think when it comes to your safe, safe, safe people, just really be honest. I think sometimes we wear two hats, like my infertility hat where, you know, I'm struggling, I'm having anxiety, I'm having depression. I'm, you know, this totally different person that I am at home. And then I go into these communities. I'm just like, everything's fine. And it's almost like you take this deep breath before you walk in the room, like, okay, showtime, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And So I think really just identifying your safe people and just really being honest um, and telling them what you need, telling them, I need a friend to cry with. I need a friend who is supportive of me and needs to help me and encourage me to keep going. I need someone who really knows the ins and outs of IVF. I just, I want to talk about IVF right now. And I want to talk about all the Mm -hmm. minutia and all the details and all that. And then, you know, tomorrow I just want to maybe sit on my couch and eat ice cream and watch the bachelor. Like you, you need to tell them what you need. And I think those are the people that you are brutally honest with of like when they tell you to relax in a safe space, maybe not in a baby shower in front of everyone, you know, (laughs) Uh, there's the infertility girl, (laughs) but it's like. But it's like maybe in a safe space, just be really honest and be like, those are hurtful to me. Yeah. Um, and it's just n- not helpful. And I, th- and I hope if they are a safe perso- person that they can return and be like, I am so sorry. That is not my intention. How can I care for you? And I think sometimes when people say, how can I care for you? We're like, oh, we're fine. It's like, mm-hmm. No what do you need? And that might change. That might change day to day to day. It might be one day that you need this and one day you need that. But I think that's one way that you can get care for and care for your soul and care, um, for yourself. And I really do think that if that is there and that is getting filled into you, filled up in you, that when you get a comment, like relax, it won't hurt so bad because you're already filled up with so much care and so much support.
0: Yeah, and it's risky to do that. It's risky it's not- to really ask people in on that type of relationship, but y- why not? I mean, like the the stakes are really high. If you just say, "Well, it's kind of risky, I won't ask anyone." You that you run the risk of really just being isolated mm-hmm. and not having anyone. So, yes, it's risky, but I think it's worth it. You mm-hmm. know, the the stakes are high enough that if you can find a few people who really want to jump in to this really difficult season with you, um, what a relationship to have with those people. I mean, it'd be so amazing. It'd be a lifelong memory that you're going to make.
1: And I think what was really cool is my really supportive group of safe people became trigger people for me. Mm. I would go to the baby shower and someone would say something super invalidating to me and my friend would just put her arm on my leg and oh, she be, knew.
0: They'd be like trigger catchers. You She'd know.
1: be trigger catchers. Yeah. And, and then on the way home, they'd be like, are you okay? I heard them say this. Them. But that didn't come from anybody but me.
0: Yeah, yeah. They knew you so well. They were almost experiencing that event as if they were you exactly that's a that's that's a real friend i know i know that's a layer (laughs) i don't even know if i have that i need some of that
1: you should find one (laughs) but then they would become even in themselves like like really careful at like what they say or ask me later like was that hurtful so they were also joining in and it's that mutuality thing where i was educating them what i need and then they got educated and then they're like oh is this work? Is this work? And when you're in that kind of mutuality, if someone messes up, you're way more forgiving.
0: Yeah. Cause you're on level playing field. Exactly.
1: You're on this mutuality relationship where it's like, Oh my gosh, you said that it kind of stung, but I, I, I'm okay. And I love you. And I know you weren't many meaning to hurt me. And then yeah. they would be like, I'm so sorry. That is the last thing that I wanted to say. You know what I mean? So you also have to give grace. You have to give grace to people that they are trying to figure it out.
0: So to recap, what does it feel like when we get these comments? It feels invalidating because it it puts us in or it confirms this one down type relationship. And the answer is not to fight to be one up and dominate people. But the answer is to find mutual ground and, and really achieve that mutuality.
1: We get that mutuality by telling people what we need and educating them on what we need and how to care for us. And what do we need to hear instead of relax?
0: In our lives, we weigh the voices. We don't count them. So in your infertility story and the people surrounding you, weigh those voices. Do not count them.
1: I think this is a really different approach to the relax comment. And I know that it is not easy. And we make it sound like... Just educate your people or say, you know, that is like it got easier for me over time to be this way. It got easier for me to develop this language and to stick up for myself and it also took it when I was out of the you know grind of IVF and all that so it's it's not easy but I really 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 think it's worth it if I could press on you anything would be that it's so much better to go through a hard time and a traumatic experience in community with people caring for you than not I love this episode
0: I think it's uh, we joked last week the greatest episode ever but I think w- I, for me actually this concept is really powerful and I think it's more um, it's more controversial than we I know realize, I know. You know
1: send all the questions send all the comments uh, you, to may, you may disagree yeah.
0: <laughs> you may be like no we got to destroy people um, I don't yeah maybe, I mean it is controversial to, to go this route you know
1: right this is a process Oh yeah. We're we talking act like, years, years. We act like this is so easy and you know, it's easier for me now. Um, and it was trial and error. Like, you know, sometimes I would say things and be like, Oh, I've gone too far or I've educated too much. This person doesn't need to know the minutia of like adopting a child. Like they just wanted <laughs> to be like, so you're adopting. And I'd be like, Bleh. you know, so, you know, you act, uh, we say that it's so easy. Like this comes with years of practice and the practice could be just talking to your infertility community that you have online. Yeah. You know, but I think that we seriously can make some changes um, in people's responses if we help educate our safe people and that can spread like a pond, like a rock in a pond, just going, 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 going and spread. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Infertility Feelings podcast. If you like this episode or any of our other episodes, please um, star, give us some stars and some comments. Um, that would be extremely helpful. But really, really, really what we are about is we are grateful that you are here. We are grateful for every single year. And we hope that this podcast is helpful and growing to you as a person. And we will see you next week. Actually, we will not see you. We will, you will hear from us next week. Hope you have a great week.